Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Production, present The VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Gold on Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. They will give their unfiltered thoughts on the NBA, and Vince will share stories from his illustrious 22-year career. That's The VC Show. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxbird Friday. Dominique Foxbird, what's going on? Man, enjoying the NBA offseason. Like, it's different than it's been in the past, but I feel like it's more interesting than it's been in past seasons. I also think you look like you about to like go in the steam room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you about to pour some water on the rock. Yeah, it's like a, a, a rustic setting it back here. I feel like <laughs> steam room is right. Or it's like those HGTV shows. Like I feel like I'm in some middle-aged white lady's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> they, they done redone it with all the wood. <laughs> Yo, you, the thing you say about the NBA offseason is interesting, for me at least, because this is not a year where we got big free agents out there. Like, there's not going to be... The closest thing we're going to have to, like, a major free agent splash is what we presume to be wherever DeAndre Eaton winds up in a sign-and-trade, right? But, like, we don't really have guys where... Like, this isn't 2010, for example, right? Where, like, all your stars are out there. You're wondering where they're going to go. We don't have a big fish for free agency. We got all the trade stuff, and God knows what will happen in between the time that we record this, and it actually (laughs) goes out there. They make a podcast and really difficult for your boys because we just can't lean in on whatever the thing is, right? But what for you is making this one so interesting? It might be a result of me being more engaged than I was in the past, but I do appreciate how it feels like the teams that matter, their moves matter. So I, I agree that it's not a bunch of, I mean, not it's not there's no debate. There's not a bunch of big free agency moves like offseasons past. This isn't like the stereotypical modern NBA offseason. However, like the moves that are being made, I care about. And they I think the best way to put it is they make me excited for the season in a way that the previous moves made me excited for the offseason. Like, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Then they're there, and then I'm like, I don't care. But now I'm like, oh, I want to see what Brogdon looked like on the Celtics. You know, I want to see what Joe English got, Inglis, excuse me, (laughs) got left in the tank. And all that sort of stuff is it. I want to see if Kawhi and them can get it together and if John Wall can give them a couple quarters here and there of offensive bursts. Like, this does make me look forward to the season in a way the previous offseasons had. I think that's part of it for me, right? Where we're looking at we're looking at a league that at least to me feels wide open. Like I don't feel like there's any team and I don't think it'll feel this way by the time it's all over where we're going in like yo, that's supposed to be the team to win this, which I feel like for the better part of the last 11 12 years, we've had that, right? Like those 4 years of the heat, we had that. And then we thought it was going to be Cleveland. And then all of a sudden you had this crazy rise of the Warriors. And then they became that team with like also with LeBron there. Like we forget we had the same teams in the finals for four straight years, right? But going into all those years, I feel like we had a much clearer idea, or at least we thought 
who was supposed to be that team, right? Like even as the Warriors thing goes away with the Lakers in 2020, they were supposed to be that team. Now we look at them and we don't think about them in that sort of way. And now everything just feels much more anybody can get it, which I did not necessarily think was going to be good for the NBA when they said they wanted to achieve a goal of parity. But I got to admit, I like looking at the West and being like, yo, just about anybody can get this. And I like saying that about the East. And it's different than in past years when we could say that about the East. We used to say it about the East because we didn't think nobody over there was good, (laughs) right? Like now, you know, partially, I guess, because LeBron's out of there. So it's not just LeBron's team is going to win this. There are three, four teams that you look at now and say, maybe they can wind up winning the East. And then we'll have a trade deadline and we'll have everything else that goes along. So I think you're right. We We have a more broadly interesting NBA right now with so many good players where when people start talking about this idea about people getting together to get super teams, no, nah, baby, those are just teams now. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about um, – we didn't talk about Bruce Brown to the Nuggets. Like, I'm excited about the Nuggets, what they can do. Like, there's so many teams, to your point. On the East, there's fewer teams, I, I, I think. But you never really know what will happen with the Nets. Maybe Kyrie and KD will figure it out. And in that case, they'll be – a team that we should at least respect. And then you got uh, the 76ers, which Embiid, that'll make them competitive. And they've made some changes. Well, not really. They brought in PJ. That's like, <laughs> that's their big offseason addition. But you're right. It's all, it's all very exciting. And I didn't get to the team that I think is the favorite, the Bucks. Right. What they're going to do. And then what the Celtics are going to do. I think it's different. Like we think of NBA history. We're used to super teams like there being a front runner, a couple front runners that we're looking forward to. And I'm like you, I thought I was going to miss that, but it doesn't feel like parody in the way that they flattened all the teams as much as it feels like parody. And there are more teams that have risen to that elite level. Cause I think any one of like the top five to six teams, I could imagine them being a dynasty in the right era, but they just happen to be in this era in the NBA where everybody got got guys it's just guys everywhere it's 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 crazy and then you watch summer league and i don't make too much about summer league but chet out there cooking they got all these great players coming up in the draft like this it's an international sport now like fully and these boys are good everywhere it's no bad players i wanted for chet so bad man skinny boys need heroes you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i just don't think that people understand that when you a skinny kid man you ain't really got no whole lot of heroes like kevin durant he bigger than y'all gonna understand dog you might you might not have thought he was big in body but he was big in stature to those of us who look out here and see a hero you know what i'm saying so with chet and on top of it Chet seems to have been radicalized yeah. somewhere along the way in Minnesota. I don't really like how he more radicalized than Jalen Suggs. They went to high school together. I don't really understand this. Chet looking at Jalen Suggs like, hey, man, you ain't got no swag, dog. <laughs> it's um, the product of social media and the Internet. <laughs> like I, I and when we was growing up, I hate to do a back in my day, but like I don't, I don't know. Like it took a minute for stuff to get from New York to Baltimore. <laughs> you know, that's like simply like when I, we was we was cool, but we was a couple months behind the trends. Now it's like they open up their phone, their computer and whatever they whatever tickles their fancy. I imagine that when Chet was like 10, 11 or whatever, he got on Instagram and was like, I like that. <laughs> and he built his personality off of that. Chet showed up at the draft with a chain with some dice on it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying with some dice on it. Some dice. Oh, God. 
That's outstanding. Yeah, he's. I, I remember watching him in college a little bit just because I heard about him and then seeing him talk and like, and not even see him talk, see him, see him carry himself on the court, I think, before I heard him talk. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy because he, he got all the attitude that a cornerback would have. I appreciate it, except he's doing it at seven feet tall and like 190. Yes, it's literally, literally 190. <laughs> like, I'm very curious to see, like, if the weight is going to get there. Because one thing that happens with guys like this, I always say, and I can just say this from personal experience. Sometimes it ain't but so much weight you're going to put on, dog. Like, you could, put, you could do the effort. You could do anything else. And, I mean, there will be some limitations to what he can do if he doesn't put on the weight, but he's got enough of a perimeter game, right? He'll be able to be a weak side shot blocker. What he's not going to be able to do is, like, guard Joel Embiid. That, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I didn't even I hadn't start to, started to imagine that as a prospect because I've been kind of downplaying how important I think Chet's mass is as he's going into this largely perimeter league. But there are certain individuals. I think by and large, he'll be fine. But I guess when you hit the playoffs and you run up against a couple of people who can give you that body, because when you think about it, it's not like the 90s. Like who were outside of Embiid, who really going to give him that work? Like. Jokic is big enough, but Jokic don't really play like that. Uh, yeah, he faced the basket. He just plays point guard from the interior. I don't, I don't see it being a huge problem. The weight as much as he just has an odd body, and like that scares me more than anything. And I, I don't know. I'm not a physicist or a doctor, but like I know when I see a body look like that and move like that, it makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. Right, I see. You know. I'm rooting for him, dog. He got he got all us on his skinny ass back. You know what I'm saying? Like like carry us all there, bro. Carry us all to the next level. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Now, I was having a discussion on the tweets, and it's so hard to talk about the Lakers and LeBron without people taking things in directions that, as I start, I'm not necessarily trying to go to or did not want, right? But it happened to me because I do think there's something very interesting about this LeBron era, which, by the way, has been four years. Like, those four years ran up on us pretty quick. LeBron spent 13 straight years where his teams got at least to the second round of the playoffs, right? You know, you got all those years with the finals, but at least the second round of the playoffs. He's been with the Lakers for four years. 
They've made the second round of the playoffs one time. They've missed the playoffs twice, but they got a championship, right? Now, it's an interesting championship because on one hand, it was in the bubble. You didn't get the parade, all of that stuff. On the other hand, it was the year that Kobe died, which I imagine comes with its own significance for the Lakers. But at least for me, as an an unattached party, right? Like a party observing this from a distance. I would think this has been a little bit disappointing if I were a Lakers fan. That's how I would see this. It's just like, you want the championship, and I guess they're more relevant than they used to be, but normally when you're in a place like that, even if you're not winning the championship, you go into the conference finals. You go into the NBA finals. Like, you in this in this push. And that really isn't what this has been for the course of this four years. And I can't think of anything quite like that. Like, somebody pulled up the stat for me that the only team in a 10-year span to win a championship but not make it out of the first round within that span were those Mavericks, where they won the championship in 2011. And then around that, didn't get past the first round. I haven't seen anything like like those are the only examples that we have. And so Lakers fans that I'm friends with, they they haven't really enjoyed this as much as they thought they would. That's what I was thinking. Is you were saying you think it would be a disappointment? I think that we know, or at least like anecdotally, like it doesn't feel like Lakers fans on the tweets or in our life in our lives feel like they have really enjoyed this run. And that's the I think not to get to like the analytics versus the the kind of feel or or uh, trust your eyes, guys. But it feels like from a purely like quantitative way to look at it, I would say I take a championship and three years of missing the playoffs over um, no championship in every year in the finals. However, if you want to like add up all the fun that you would have, <laughs> like I feel like being a competitor for four straight years is fun, particularly when you have this unique title where the whole world was sad and and dying and the pandemic was going crazy and like there was not much celebration to be had. You couldn't have parade, you couldn't go to the games. Like that was in many ways I could argue like a tougher championship to win, but it's certainly like a less cool one. Yeah. You know, like a less fun one. Yeah, like I don't make the asterisk argument because everybody was in there, right? Like everybody. I will tell you this though, everybody needs to be glad that the Warriors weren't at a championship level when they were in that bubble because if Steph and Clay would have got to shoot empty gym jumpers, (laughs) I, you know, Draymond Green gets to shoot empty gym jumpers, he probably turns into somebody else. And I feel confident saying that because Anthony Davis turned into a player he never was before and has not been since when he was shooting those empty gym jumpers, but everybody got to shoot him, right? So I don't put any asterisk or any sort of disconnect on the championship that they won just in terms of it actually being an accomplishment. I don't do that, but it didn't feel the same, right? Like I just, I just don't think there's any way around that. And it was interesting because somebody got in my mentions and said, you're measuring success by how much people enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what else are you in this for? Like one thing I don't feel like you can do if you observing this as a fan is to treat it like management. You know what I'm saying? Like the ma- management can get in there. This ain't about fun. This is about business. You, what, what, this is a job for you. Like you as a fan, you took this on as another job. Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to like the the numberfication of sports and that they out here like so many fans are out here like 
trying to take an analytical position to the point where it feels like they got a Lakers logo on their polos when you when you don't. <laughs> like, did you have a good time or not? It is outrageous the the investment that people have. It's like quasi religious almost and that they have in some of these teams where it's about doing the right thing. And it goes to Jeannie's tweet. It's about doing the right thing for the team. Since when have I ever been compelled to do the right thing for a company? I thought the companies were supposed to be doing the right thing for me. I'll pay you. Like, I'll buy your jerseys or your, your hats. I'll buy your tickets. Yeah. But make sure that, that I enjoy my damn self at this entertainment property. I don't give a damn about your bottom line. I don't give a damn about how happy you are. Like, I'm the customer. So that, that point is, it always blows my mind, or it would blow my mind if I I heard someone say like, oh, we in this to measure it by how much fun? No, Jeannie Buss and LeBron can count rings. Yes. They not said to be one. I want to know how happy they made me. Yeah. Well, like I was thinking about it with the Shaq Kobe run. Right. And I think that there's something that's easy to forget about that run. Keep it in mind that that began at a downtime for the Lakers. Right. Which at that time was the downest that you could ever imagine the Lakers would be. And then, of course, we had like the last nine years, right, which just completely changed the way we thought what the Lakers could be at the bottom because they had just never they never had a run like that. The Celtics had had time like that every other basically basically every other great franchise in sports. It had a we bottomed out for a little bit time. The Lakers never really had. So like they had the rising action of 96 until they win the ring in 2000, right? Like there was some pushes, there was some struggles, but they were consistently very good. They had an exciting young Shaq. They had a rising Kobe Bryant. I feel like the difference in this run they had was the guys that mattered on that team were what they were when they got them, right? They got LeBron as LeBron James. Then they went and got Anthony Davis as Anthony Davis with the expectation that he would be this like the Wilt Chamberlain of this one, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of this one. And he has turned out to be kind of the Dwight Howard. Like Dwight had a good year when he was there with the Lakers. He was hurt and he played better than you probably remember because Kobe told y'all not to like him. And that's all it took. And it has carried over in that man's life for the last nine years because Kobe told y'all not to like that dude, right? And then of course he was like, how about this? I'll be as unlikable as I possibly can, right? I'll be what you want. But anyway, Anthony Davis coming in, got that championship. But it hadn't been, like, he has not had a, we're going to retire your jersey when you get out of here stretch, which is what we expected given where he was in his career. It feels like they don't like him. And, and maybe it's just me, but it's possibly because I think the point you made is they came as, as um, like, already completed products. It's not like they grew them and they could celebrate the championship. They just met. AD, he brought him a championship. The timing would matter because if they had two bad seasons, uh, a decent season, and then won a championship in the fourth, the way that the Lakers fans would feel about them would be largely celebratory because it feels more like a journey. And it feels more like they were they would have been fighting all of us on Twitter up until like, nah, he gonna be all right. He the man. And then he get a championship and they feel some attachment. But it's funny because they just dropped him in, ready-made, gave you a championship in the most unique circumstances in NBA history. And now it kind of seems like they don't like Anthony Davis, which like from a fan perspective, again, to the fun point, I'm fine with the fans coming off that way. It does kind of bother me. And even the fans who may not love LeBron in Lakers Nation and feel like he's 
draining their team or whatever. Like, whatever. You could be annoyed by that. That's fine. But the genie bus stuff like that, you knew what it was when you signed up. Like, LeBron had been doing this. So, like, stop stop sending out these subtweets now. You you got a championship out of it. And it just – that particular thing kind of got under my skin. Well – it, I did not like her doing that because I don't like people doing that. But when you do it to LeBron, <laughs> this is just I mean, that's yeah. how he communicates. Right. Oh, yeah. Like maybe this is just the battle that like this is how they both talk. Right. Like they okay. both that, decide love language. Yeah. I mean, because that, that's definitely LeBron's love <laughs> language. Right. Like he communicates <laughs> passive aggressively. We have been seeing this from yeah. him for years. Right. So it's I don't like it. I don't like it when he does it. I don't like it when she does it. But it's hard for me to be like, I don't like it because you're doing it to him when that's the game that he normally plays. But, 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 but this is just me here. If you want to be passive aggressive like that, that's cool. But leave dead people out of it. Right. Like, I don't think that it is appropriate to invoke the spirit and memory of for what is in your world a sainted figure in order to make this amorphous point. Because I've had people say, y'all don't even know what Jeannie talking about. Okay, okay. Well, here's the thing. If I don't know what she's talking about, that's her fault too, exactly. right? <laughs> like, like she put it out there where it is very reasonable to believe that she is talking about LeBron. Like that is the comparison. And let's not pretend for a second as though LeBron versus Kobe has not been continuing since he got there and even after we lost Kobe. Right. Let's not pretend as though that isn't a thing and that how people view LeBron in the context of being a Laker. Let's not act like that ain't part of this. Yeah. So if someone's going to argue we don't know what we're talking about, then she shouldn't. We don't know what she's talking about. Then she should have written a better tweet. Or come clear it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's your responsibility. I think this doesn't get this point doesn't get made enough in like in life in general, business, relationship, anything. It's your responsibility to communicate yourself clearly. Like, it's not my responsibility to, like, decipher what you're communicating. So, like, if you feel like you've been misunderstood, you need to do a better job communicating. And as far as LeBron James's passive aggressiveness, yes, he is the king of passive aggressiveness. But in his defense, I imagine when you're a 6'8", 280-pound black man, aggressive communication doesn't always end with the result that you want. You, yeah. you might you might learn the skill to make people comfortable by, like, talking around them to the side. Jeannie Buss, my guess is she hasn't had the same life experience as yeah. LeBron James. Ah, see, I make an interesting counterpoint because I think that what you say is fair about that, right? She's a woman in business, I guess, maybe it's possible. Anyway, I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. But I mean, on LeBron's end, you're right. When you grow up to 6'8", 240, right? Aggressive, aggressive may wind up causing some problems and that you feel like you need to kind of dance around it. But here's the other thing that happens when you 6'8", 240, and you say that passive aggressive shit, can't nobody jack you up for it. Therefore, <laughs> you, you keep going. Like, it was made right. very clear to me by my large older brother that passive aggressive behavior would not be tolerated within that within our home and thereby i have a pretty disdainful outlook on it and it involved some getting jacked up right Hold on. so so would aggressive aggressive have been uh, no exactly that's no my no, point. no no but that's no but it's what i'm saying yeah. it doesn't have to be aggressive aggressive right it just can't be passive gotta be aggressive gotta be direct right right or don't say nothing right like like don't get yourself the oh that's not what i meant right oh no 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 well i just you know i was just i'm just saying i'm and you know what the deal is, right? 
Either say it or don't, right? Don't is an option. And that's the thing I look at when I see that. And that's the way that I look at it from her. Like, this is unnecessarily messy, right? If you need to, like, talk to somebody about it, call Phil. I'm sure he would take your call. And you can vent to him and then go about it. Except Phil might have been the one. You know what you should do? You should send a passive-aggressive tweet. I'm sure that's what LeBron will respond to. You know, and all this goes. And I think for Jeannie... The difference between LeBron and basically everybody else, and I think part of this comes again because he didn't grow up in this Lakers thing, is he sees him going to the Lakers as like a merger of yep. two brands, <laughs> right? Where he was like, I want to play for a glamour franchise. He didn't want to humble himself before a glamour franchise. He's like, I'm glamour. You glamour. We going to shine. And I mean, you said he sees it that way. I think that's probably at this at the state that the Lakers were in and the state that LeBron was in, it was more accurate than it wasn't. I think the person or the the entity that misunderstood the situation, if they thought it was gonna be something different, was the Lakers. Like LeBron was kind of bringing a lot of his LeBron is, and so I guess my oh he my, brought the, he made them matter again, right? And my I guess my thing with Jeannie sending out his tweet now, and I'm I, I'm not a passive aggressive communicator, but I'm not I'm less opposed to it than you are because like it's a tool, a way for you to communicate. You want to get your point across to someone. Maybe that's the best way that you feel like, and particularly for somebody like LeBron, when not only is he big and actually physically powerful, he's like socially powerful and all that stuff too so there could be other ways that he could communicate however saying fit in or fit out might land on somebody a little different so that aside we can i mean i don't want to be the defender of that all that aside i find it uncomfortable to hear genie or to see genie doing these tweets because it's like lebron came in brought you a championship and brought you a a NBA all-star top five I and mean, not all-star all NBA a top five player at the time who was young enough to carry your franchise forward the fact that he hasn't stayed healthy it's not LeBron's fault I guess my issue is you knew what it was when you signed up and he brought you everything he could have promised I don't know what he promised her or what he told her but it couldn't have been better than Anthony Davis in a championship in four years and now you talk about you invoking KB like that to me feels I don't know if ungrateful is the word, but like... Yo, it is amazing. I don't know how it is. I mean, it's been 15 years. I get it. Kobe Bryant in the parking lot of the mall with, as I recall, some crazy sunglasses on, telling a kid with a flip phone camera, which just so you know, wasn't at the level of these cameras we got on phones now, telling that kid ship his ass out as a quote about Andrew Bynum so that they could get Jason Kidd, which, by the way, would have been a bad idea because it all worked out, right? Like, they they let it roll and everything managed to work out, right? Like, the idea that Kobe would have just trucked through anything. Kobe got on the radio and said he would rather play in Pluto than play for the Lakers. But again, they figured it out. They made it work. Now, where I agree, I, I think I agree with you and have, I don't even know if a disagreement about some of what you just said about like the gratitude element of it and what more could you have asked for? Because I think, and this is why I think, like why I raised the discussion in the first place. Because I think on paper, you are correct, right? We got Anthony Davis. We got a championship. Isn't that what you wanted? 
But what's happened is they looked around and they're like, yeah, we got it, but it don't feel good, right? And they made the same mistake that the Nets made. They let the dude come in and run the team. The difference is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't like the de facto heads of an agency, right? Like, it, I think they feel like it's one thing that we got to listen to LeBron, but we got to listen to Rich Paul. Kobe didn't have like a line of dudes that he was necessarily trying to bring in and all of this stuff. And so I think for them, it's the question I had about the fans. You got the championship that you wanted. But are you enjoying this, right? Like, is this the good time that you thought it would be? And with LeBron, for them at least, it just turned out to be a little more stressful. Like, I think about when LeBron went back to Cleveland. And I was talking to my man, Russ Henry. Russ worked at a radio station in Raleigh that I worked out. And he was from Cleveland. He was like my first actual interaction with Cleveland sports fan. LeBron left Cleveland. Russ hate him, right? Hate him. He, he, he's that guy, right? Hate him. LeBron come back to Cleveland. Russ hate him. Still does, right? Cavs win a championship. Russ is very glad that Cleveland won a championship. That ain't got nothing to do with how he feels about LeBron. You see what I'm saying? So, like, you can get that championship and you derive the joy that you want from it, but then after that, you still had this dude that, for whatever reason, he did not like, right? And so for Jeannie and all of them, I don't think they necessarily like dislike LeBron, but no one has ever come to the Lakers and thought that they were bigger than the Lakers. And when LeBron got there, he was bigger than the Lakers. You're 100% correct, right? He restored them to a level of relevance that they had not had in God knows how long. He did all of those things, but it don't feel good. And then the Anthony Davis thing where they cleared out everybody in order to get him, it just didn't go the way they thought because they didn't get Anthony Davis to win a championship. They got Anthony Davis to win championships with LeBron and championships after LeBron. And none of us right now feel like he's the guy that could be the best player on championship teams after LeBron. Yeah. I mean, there's to me, that feels everything you said there feels like facts. And I can't argue against any of that. But you it's still fair. don't send the tweet. You still don't send the yeah, tweet. <laughs> yeah, because it's fair to like get in a business relationship that you're unhappy with the results with, of or even a personal relationship that you're not happy with the results of. But to me, then, the reason why I said you knew what it was when you signed up is because he had done this at several other organizations. And I imagine that whatever conversations you had, you knew the amount of power you were handing over to him. Maybe you don't do it or maybe you find some way to talk him out of it. And maybe you thought that this was an okay price to pay and now you regret that you are paying the price that you're paying for the one championship. And that is all fine. And you can call Kurt Rambis or Linda or Phil and, or Magic and you can talk trash about him there. To me, going public on a business relationship that seems to be the other party held up their end of the bargain and isn't doing anything that you should not like he's not pulling a Kyrie or right. a Durant he doing all the things that he did at Cleveland all the things that he did in Miami and all the things that we all knew he was going to do when he went there 
Only thing is, he also gave you a championship in Anthony Davis. So that's where the the gratitude, like I'm not a big, you got to be grateful type of guy, but that's where, like, you don't got to come out and, and sing his praises and call him the best Laker. But it seems odd to me to now, like, because you didn't read the terms of the agreement. We all knew what it said to now yeah. be like subtweeting him after he's he hasn't done anything that's like tanking his organization. He's done everything that you would have expected him to do. And maybe you could argue more. Well, now this is the question I asked, though, in that moment, because I don't think that she was looking that looking at this yeah. as like a sum total. Right. Right. What what he do right did what 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 what, what did he like is he really uh, pushing this Kyrie uh, thing right uh, like what if he came in and was like yo Kyrie and Russ how about that right 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 because see this is where I would worry if I were the Lakers in like a macro sense about everything that they're doing where I would worry something has happened here that. They had made changes to the cap in the CBA to make it to where this wasn't really a thing, but now something's happened that has flipped up, which is a lot of the last 10 years of collective bargaining from the owner's standpoint, and this is something that you can speak to um, from your time in negotiating this, very much so a lot of collective bargaining is the owners arguing with each other. And like the 2012 lockout, a lot of that was trying to tamp down the bargaining power of the Lakers specifically, but generally big market teams and everything that comes with that. So they put this punitive taxes in and all this stuff to stop it from what the Lakers used to be able to do, which is just pay all this money because they had bird rights and they had this and they had that and da da da. Okay, well, that team now is the Warriors. They now have this arena that just prints money. And that's why they can pay Andrew Wiggins $30 million a year. Like Andrew Wiggins is overpaid everywhere but Golden State because they make so much money, right? The Lakers used to be the team that could live like that, and they aren't the team that can live like that anymore. And if I'm LeBron, I imagine I look up and I see the money the Warriors are spending, and I'm like, yo, why don't we try to do something like that? There's limitations to it because, you know, like the hard cap line and everything else. But the Lakers aren't the Lakers anymore in that respect. There's another team that can make it rain, that can be the Yankees, that can be the Dodgers, right? That can be the Red Sox. It ain't them. And so LeBron coming in there like, okay, well, hey, man, if we're going to get this done, we need to get this, we need to get that, whatever. And they like, dude, we make all our money off the Lakers. Like, we don't we don't really have money coming in from other stuff. We We aren't billionaires like that. Yeah, and you put on top of that the fact that they are uh... – I mean, I guess it goes back to the point where we both agree that it was more a merger than LeBron coming to this team. You can further cement that point by how they're acting right now. Because if they were equal partners, then they would be able to go to LeBron and be like, no, nah, we're not going to sign all these clutch guys that don't seem to help us get any better. And no, we're not going to bend ourselves in all these pretzels because like, they would have the alternative of letting LeBron walk and still be in the bleeping Lakers. They aren't anymore. They aren't that team anymore because the league has changed. The money has changed. The paradigm has shifted to a point where the Lakers can't always go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. And they felt what it was like in that period where they didn't have any Hall of Famers in their prime. And that's where we are now. And your point about the Warriors is right. They they have the, the money to withstand the tax. And it's because that... Their um, fortune 
is not <laughs> solely built around the fact that they bought a basketball team a long time ago and the value has gone up. It's a real hard way to run a business when it's all tied up in it like that and you're competing with people who don't have the same parameters. But it's going to be interesting what happens with LeBron in the next couple of years in the Lakers. I mean, next couple of years, next season. Yeah, next season. Like, <laughs> Well, this is a thing that I wonder about um, with the Lakers was – did they expect that they were getting a level LeBron James where just because we got him, we're championship contenders? Because that would have been fairly reasonable for them to expect in 2018 when they got him. It's not reasonable to expect now. He is, without question, the best 19-year player that we have ever seen. I'm not even sure that it's close. It is amazing what he is still capable of, what he can still pull off. But he's maybe one of the five best players in the NBA at this point. And I think that maybe is me being kind because he's LeBron James. Like, I can name three guys off the top of my head that I could say are certainly better players than LeBron right now. In fact, I'd go ahead and say four, right? And the four I'm thinking off the top of my head, Steph, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. And I might be able to go find you some players that are better than Steph or like, or in that Steph cluster. You know what I mean? Like, those dudes are there. I don't think LeBron's there anymore in that space. And it's not because he's not good. It's, again, because the league now has so many good players. So they're like, yo, we'll go get Anthony Davis. This will be the thing. It makes perfect sense. And then he doesn't turn out to be that guy. But I don't blame LeBron for that because they would have wanted Anthony Davis regardless of whether LeBron said anything. He was Anthony Davis at that point. (laughs) Yeah, and Anthony Davis is as good as he and great as he's been as a player. He's never been LeBron level. Drop him on the roster, your competitors. And so, like, even if you have Anthony Davis fully healthy, you still need a more perimeter-oriented wing-type guy to put it together, and that guy is LeBron. So they, you're right. If they expected him to be prime LeBron as he's entering 17, 18, 19, 20 – that was stupid but what he's been able to do I can't I mean I have to assume that they're smart enough to have a look back at history and know what superstars do at this time of their career they have to be impressed and appreciate he has to have out kicked whatever expectation they had of him right and and realistic expectation because he has mine I didn't expect this version of LeBron to still be around yeah I don't that's the thing I think LeBron done messed up everybody's concept of what aging is. You know, for like all these, like this is the question about with Kevin Durant and what ultimately happens to him. Kevin Durant's been in the NBA for 15 years. Like how much more of this do you think you're going to get? And I was thinking about this with Anthony Davis. Teams never come out better off for trading a player of Anthony Davis's caliber. Except the Pelicans, I think, have. <laughs> it took a couple years, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it took a couple years, but I mean, they also... They rolled a seven and got like they won the Zion lottery, right? Like, like, like we can't ignore that part being it. But here's the thing. They are enjoying this way more than they enjoyed those Anthony Davis times. Like they have a team that is more fun. They have a team that's in a position to get really good. Look, look, you add Zion to what they did last year, and this might be a top four team in the West. I mean, if, if Memphis could be a top three team in the West last year, I don't know why we wouldn't say that the Pelicans couldn't find why why can't they find a way to get there? You know what I mean? Like They got there and they, I think, are enjoying this. Now, let's see how it goes because expectations come up and everybody decides they want this, they want that, whatever it is. But again, this adds to what we were talking about. Both of those teams, the West is going to be really, really, really interesting next year 
with all the things that are happening with all these guys. Ingram, if Ingram's your number two and McCullum's your number three, assuming Zion can reach the top peak Zion levels, yeah, that's a really, really good team that I think could, I mean, if coached well, can play, I mean, could win a championship. I was being, I was, I was being hesitant, but like that's enough talent, I think, to win a championship in the NBA, which is, I mean, incredibly talented at this point. It's mind blowing to think about how many really good teams there are right now. As kind of thinking about the Lakers, and you know the Lakers people are going to be mad about this. I really do think, though, that these are just really interesting like elements of the larger NBA conversation. So how long does this thing keep going? Because LeBron's got a contract to be there for two more years. Okay, One thing that we've learned about LeBron is that when he leaves, your situation is probably not going to be right. Like the Heat kept it together as best as they could. And the truth is, we'll never quite know what the Heat would have been post-LeBron because of what happened with Chris Bosh, right? Like, it wasn't long before his career um, wound up ending. But they got two more years of LeBron. I don't think they're a championship contender next year. They get Russell Westbrook off the books, and so then maybe they can go and they can find a way. But do they are they really desperate enough to try to bring Kyrie in? to make this happen because man he's so good right he's so Kyrie like like can you imagine like how many games combined are Kyrie and Anthony Davis playing or LeBron who has not been able to give you 70 games since he got there the answer is yes (laughs) are they that desperate the answer to me seems to be clearly yes because you're going to given their situation you're going to have to take some scratch and dents. And they're like, to be completely honest with you, the scratch and dents that you normally have to take are not Kyrie's issues. It's like on court issues or like, I mean, I guess you could, uh, it's like uh, criminal issues. It's that sort of stuff. Like, and it's sometimes guys that are at the end of their prime or past their prime Kyrie is in his prime as a player and his issue is something that they could convince themselves that LeBron's presence will will solve because the only I was going to say the last time but the only time we've seen Kyrie be like a model close to a model teammate was next to LeBron James so like that's a real nice scratch and dent I guess and I I would understand looking at that and and like turning your nose up at it if you were some other franchise that hadn't traded away a bunch and and had stockpiles of talented uh, guards and wings, they ain't got it. So, like, it ain't a great option, but it's the best they could do right now. Make it happen, dog. Make it happen. Make it happen. Because here's one thing about that LeBron-Kyrie thing. I was, I think I told you about this. The other day, I somehow wound up, like, watching old first take clips on YouTube. And I saw when he showed up to Bristol in 20... 18 2017 but it was after he um after he said he wanted out of Cleveland right and it seemed like forever ago when you watched it like Kyrie looked like a high school player coming for his first trip to Bristol as much as anything else like the suit his hair was cut short he had to eat like he looked so much younger and more youthful than he does right now and as I'm watching that clip and I'm thinking about 
everything that's gone on with him like in the course of the last four years. The dude that last played with LeBron James is not the dude that's showing up there, right? So when he show up in there burning that sage in the locker room, I want to see how that goes. Because James Harden was looking at that like, bro, what are you doing, right? Like, like when he starts doing that stuff, that's what I want to see. When he starts no call, no showing, well, he'll call, but he'll no show, right? When he starts no showing some of these games or the I need a mental health break or whatever it is, right? When that stuff starts happening, what's it going to be? Because I do think LeBron is probably like, yeah, I can handle this. Like his ego is such that it can happen. But the last time they was there, man, hey, Kyrie rightfully got tired of like being like, you know, calling me a kid and all of this stuff. Like he wanted to branch out. He wanted to have that room. Are the Lakers going to give him that room? Can they afford to give him that room? Because we've seen what happened when a team gives him that room. Can they do that? So, yeah, I get that they would be desperate enough and look at it just from basketball. But if I'm the homie Darvin Ham, I'm like, bruh, I just got here. And <laughs> and I don't know if you can do this in the NBA anymore, right? I'm not exactly sure. But I feel like if I'm Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham has to treat that locker room like a bar. You know what that means? I'm walking in day one and I'm whooping yep. somebody's ass. The first thing I'm doing when I walk in there, Kyrie decide he ain't coming to play. I'm putting my hand around his neck and putting him on the wall. Everybody got to know I will fight each and you gotta go Riley Cooper when you walk in there right every single one of you I'll fight y'all oh gosh that's a, a, a modern coaching strategy I like that well, I guess it's not it's, a, it's an ancient coaching yes, strategy that might fit this circumstance yeah I mean I'm with you I wouldn't want to do it, but it still comes back to like when you talk about football teams and they're like should we re-sign our mediocre quarterback or not uh, after a long deliberation, they you normally do. land on. <laughs> you do. Because what else we going to do? Kirk Cousins in the <laughs> yeah. house. So what else we going to do? Kirk and I feel like that's where the Lakers are. So what else we going to do? If we don't, if, so put together the plan that gives them a, a better shot than putting Kyrie on it. Like there's huge volatility, but you can go with some other plans that don't have the upside that Kyrie has. Like I hate it for them. But it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. By the way, what what is all of this for Russell Westbrook? Oh, and his hometown team. Too. Yo, it's... he's just and yo, he's a grinder, man. Like he is one of my favorite players there's ever been. And they gonna get him out of here for a dude that don't even come to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's where he is on this. This dude don't even be coming to work. That, by the way, Dominique Foxworth. Check him out. On Get Up, check them out. On Anscape, check them out all over the television. Check them out on Anscape on a show called Logged In. That's why he is over there in the sauna. That's where they be taping that over there. My man, it is greatly appreciated. Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Gabe, Bassane, and Adi Khan handle things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, Monday, we got our final installment of The Right Time Book Club with uh, David Remnick, the author of our book, King of the World. You still got time to get caught up and definitely check that out. Uh, remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.